0: Yeah, this is verse 12. You know the story, of Jacob, he, he's, he's sent out to, and he goes out because his brother doesn't like him very much after what happened. And then it says that he took a stone and then he dreamed, verse 12. Some of you will know and be familiar, most of you be familiar with the story. And the ladder was set upon the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac, land on which you lie, I will give to your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, you shall spread abroad to the west and the east, the north and the south, and in you and your seed all the families of the earth will be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured all on top of it, and he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been loose previously. I think one of the things that struck me here when I was praying about you in the church here was, was this expression where he says in verse 17, how awesome is this place, this is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven and he was surprised you know, I've also a bit reluctant about you but sometimes churches say we're coming to the house of the Lord. You, you have, have the expression? We'll come to the house of the Lord. And I think, well, yeah, but the house of the Lord is wherever we are, you know? In other words, your, your house where you home can be a house of the Lord. So we kind of get religious and we go, this is the house of the Lord we're going to. And in other words, this is the only time we're in the house of the Lord is when we come to a service on a Sunday. You follow me on that? But actually, there's something about certain places that God brings about there's a, there's a there's a there's a presence in certain places where God is more tangible than other places anyone experienced that there's something about a place and usually that's that's because people have prayed and sought God for years before and you step into that and sometimes you come onto a platform or intercede or do whatever, and suddenly you're just aware there's a presence, there's anointing in the room. And sometimes you can, you go with that anointing, you go with that presence of God, and you think that, wow, I'm so anointed now. Hallelujah. I'm moving in the power of God. But often it's the anointing of the house. Some of you know I were. The church called Kensington Temple, Notting Hill Gate, which is where you were trained. I worked there for twenty years, and I was serving there. And you know, you get up there and you preach, and you're full of the power of God, the anointing of God, and you're. But part of that is the is the presence in the room. If part of that is the presence of God. That's that's tangible in that place. Why? Because it's been prayed for and sought over over centuries. Some of you might know historically, that was George Jeffrey's church originally, before it was called Kensington Temple, and when they, when they returned to the church, they dug out all the foundations, and they found so many crutches and other things that were left from people who got healed dramatically. In other words, there is an anointing in that house, you see, I mean, that, there's a place there, and so you step in that, but when you leave there, you think, well, I've got the anointing, but actually, you go to another place and you're not carrying that anointing anymore because the anointing was in the house. And that the struggle then for people who leave Kensington Temple or places like that is that you've, 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 you've carried the anointing of the house but you haven't developed the anointing for yourself so much. You know following me up, what I mean by that? You've got the anointing of the house and it's easy, you're flowing with it but suddenly you're in this church or other place where people aren't so free and easy, and you've got to get the anointing for yourself. I, I, I don't know if you fully understand that. There's times when you come in the presence of God, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and you enjoy that, but when you go back to a different environment or a different place, it's never quite the same. Do you, understand, you follow me on that? In some ways, we have to then seek God for that presence because it's great to have it in the house like where we are now but we always we don't always have it where we are in our homes or in our places or our places of work but God wants us to have that same presence that same anointing because where is God is he with us he's with us he's in us he's with us isn't it but we've got to develop. Now, why I'm sharing this with you is I believe this place, and I've shared, Martin shared a little bit with me before about historically this place, even before you moved in, was a, was a church building, wasn't it? And you've come into that. So it's not like you've inherited something before you came in. And sometimes we inherit things, but our job is to take what we have received and take it further. And that's particularly true of young people. You know, you receive what you have received, but it's great. But we, we, we're meant to take it further. In other words, we're meant to grow. We're meant to grow in God, grow in the anointing, grow in the presence of God. And this is what this is about. This, this is a house of God. And he says, I didn't know it. I said, I didn't know this was. He said, he was afraid. Surely the Lord's in this place, and I did not know it. And some of us don't know what's in, what, what's in our midst. And I'm sharing that with you because you're aware many of you are aware there's, there's anointing in this place. You know it. You know there's something here. And even when you, you carry it not just in this building, but you carry it in the community. You carry it as chase. So when you go across the road, it was the URC church across there for firestorm when he used to come, you carried it with you. Isn't that right? when they're great days you remember the great days i well, probably still have great days in firestone but we had some great days there uh, and it's because it's in the house but it's not necessarily just this building what is this building but it's the house it's you as a community you carry that and so you can bring it and you can take it elsewhere and you go in that place and wow it's still there even though i don't know i don't know about the urc church there i think they said they're selling the building is that right it could be dry as anything in that church. But when you go in and you bring that, whoa, it's powerful, hallelujah. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was powerful. God moved powerfully, dramatically. We, uh, that's the ones I know, and you were there every week. Probably a lot more was going on. Because you bring it with you. You understand me? This is You are the house of God. And you can carry it and take it with you wherever you go. But in some ways, like I said, with my group in Philippines, is that we we work on the intercession, we work on the prayer. We want to get into that place where God is. Because we sometimes take for granted that God is with us. And he is with us. But we kind of like, well, yeah, God is with us. But there's something about God where he says, Seek me and you shall find me. You know, go after me go after me, and it's the churches that go after God and seek God, that see God come in unusual ways, in powerful ways, and this in this story here, it's the angels, isn't it, he's surprised, the angels are going up and down, he's kind of very surprised, what are these angels, what are these angels, man, we need the angels, do we not, we need the angels, well, why do we need angels? Because they are God's servants. Hebrews 1 says, they're God's servants for us who inherit salvation. I call them the deacons. You know deacons? What's a deacon's job? A deacon's job is to help the church, to help prepare and do places. Well, the angels are like deacons. They are there to help us, to serve us. And I want you to understand the role of angels is that angels are very powerfully present, but in some ways, we need to be open and welcoming to them. Now, what I mean by that? Well, I, I basically, you probably say, we welcome you, God, Father. We welcome the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. I often say as well, we welcome your angels, Lord. We welcome your presence. We welcome your supernatural presence. Come and visit us however you want to do. And this is what I'm encouraging you to do more and more in this fellowship, is more and more in the whole realm of the supernatural, to go beyond. Because it's the covenant that we shall have. What's our covenant? Our covenant is, we'll dream dreams. Is that right? We'll see visions. And the Spirit will come upon us all, and we all shall prophesy. It's so exciting for me. Be, well, exciting. it's great for me to be in the prayer meeting and get people having prophetic words. The Bible says, we shall all prophesy. In other words, we are all mouthpieces of God. Does that mean I'm a prophet? We're all prophets? Not necessarily, but we all can prophesy. So we're called to speak God's words. And so when the supernatural comes in the day of Pentecost, he said, "This is this, this is that which is promised by the prophet Joel. And it will, spirit will come upon all flesh and you will dream dreams and have visions, old men and young men. And he says, upon my handmaidens and handmaidens, hand, men, men whatever, handmaids, I forgot the word now, men, men and women, basically, I forgot. It will come, won't they? And they shall prophesy. And there's something about us, what we tend to do is we tend to look and say, okay, Lord, I want to talk to someone about Jesus. And we sometimes go to how to put it certain formats that we've learned or be taught or we share things, but we need to have words that come up from out of our belly. John seven thirty Out of our belly will come forth streams of living water. You come out and you speak things that people are surprised about. People do not know. How do you know that about me, said the Samaritan woman to Jesus. How did you know that about me? Because he had information that came direct from the Father. And he was able to speak those words out. And that's what we are as a community and what you are as a community. You are a prophetic people. And some of you are moving prophetically. And some of you just need to kind of stir up. That's what he says in the scripture, isn't it, Timothy? Stir up the gift that's within you. Stir up the gift of prophecy. One one of the verses is fan into flame. The old, you know, big fans and getting the fire going. Stir it up, fan into flame. The gift is dormant among some of you. And I'm not looking, I don't know you very well, I don't know you personally, but stir up the gifts. Stir them up. Because when you stir them up, I tell you what, the devil gets really frightened because he's frightened by a prophetic people who speak the word of the Lord directly into people's lives and God will give you extraordinary words and it will be you'll be astonished by how much he will speak to you you go where did that come from that's God showing you and speaking to you and you're going to be seeing I can't believe it you're going to see a demonstration of God a demonstration of God more than you've seen previously It's going to come, it's going to come. But it takes a little bit of saying, we're not going to be average. We're not going to be average. I don't think, you're not a compromising people. You're not that. You understand that? You're not a compromise. But you're not, not, we're not going to be average. We're going to push through. We've all been that place where we've prayed for people and people have not got well or they've got even died. We've all been there. You understand me? But we're going to push through. We're going to push through for what God says is possible. All things are possible for him who believes. Do you believe that? He is the God of the supernatural. We had that at the very beginning. The fire of God. I, I, that's why I teach on the supernatural a lot. Is that when you f- when you focus on that and, and discover it's in scripture. And discover it's in church history. You discover that God can do far more than we expect or imagine. And we need that. I, I just, I just, it's like... You're going to get to the place oh, I'm believing for that way. You're going to truly say, truly God is in this place and I didn't know it. I didn't know it. In other words, something is going to happen that is so awesome. Like you had with him, he's going to, whoa. In fact, what happens is when you go in that place, it's the fear of God that hits you. I was sharing with you about my first trip to Kenya. And we, um, we went to this place in the Molo Mountains of Kenya, and we were there, and we were doing, we show the Jesus film, you know the Jesus film in the, in the local language, and then we, uh, there was a thing that was delayed, we went to go somewhere else, we couldn't, so in the end, while I was showing the Jesus film, in this, how to describe it, like a mud hut, round mud hut, we decided to pray for the sick people, and it's very dark in there, there's hardly any light, and there was this lady came in, and, and she kind of bumped into me. And I thought, how rude she is, you know, bumping into me. Well, I didn't know why she's blind. And she'd literally walked for miles, because the one we had canceled, there's two blind ladies, walked for miles, and to come to get prayer. You see, that's another thing about some people, is that they, they, don't, they don't limit themselves. They will, they're will they going to push through. Like the, that lady, isn't it, with the, the touch Jesus' thing, wasn't it? The blood. It's not, I'm going to get through the crowds. I'm going to get there. And these two blind ladies. And this lady, remember, this lady came there, and uh, Pastor Colin Dyer was praying for her. And and uh, suddenly he prays, and he says, and she says in a Kenyan language, "I see a white man. I see a white man." It's like and her eyes suddenly opened. And what was amazing was, among many things that amazing, she went out that time, and they were just showing the, the healing of blind Bartimaeus. And she said, "Stop the, stop the film, stop the film, stop the film." You pause it, basically. Said, "This is what happened in the Bible. This is what's happened to me. I can see all of you now." And it was so incredible. Happened to two blind ladies, but they walked for miles together. And blind people walking through the fields is not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. But after that, everybody we prayed for got healed. It was revival. And it was—we almost were joking. We're having our meal. People are still coming. Like, you're going to pray now? Thank you, Lord, for healing them. Boom, and they healed. It was—it was almost too easy. And it, it, but it was like at that point, suddenly, the awesomeness of God became real. It wasn't kind of a flippant thing. Oh, we're we'll Oh yeah, we'll get, it was, we're quite enjoying. And suddenly, like, whoa, this is truly, this is truly the gate of heaven. This is truly God's presence. Just kind of awesome comes, and then a fear comes upon you. Because you're dealing with a holy, powerful God. If somebody's like, oh, it's great. Oh, it's got healed, fantastic. Oh, that's great. But suddenly, whoa, this is too much. This is too much. Because this is not this is not natural. This is so extraordinary. And I'm saying, what I'm saying to you that is that you're gonna come into that place where you're gonna come in. I believe if you're pursuing that where God is gonna do things in your midst, where you're gonna go. I know the Americans use the word awesome a lot, don't they? It's awesome. But truly full of awe. Truly full of awe. You're going to go, how is this? This is truly God. This is truly God. God in the midst of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And of course, there was promises that he gave to, to Jacob about his descendants that will go into the nations. And I've shared about you a little bit that, you know, one of the promises to your church is, is not just for here, and of course it is for here, uh, for Enfield and this part of the North London, it's for the nations. And in you, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So I'm I'm encouraging you to pray. Pray into your children. Pray into young people. Pray into them. The firestorm, praise God, continue. Pray into them, because it's in you and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And one of the challenges we face as we all get a little bit older. Some of you got a bit older, is that right? You know, you get a bit older. And uh, uh, the, my, my brother-in-law, Bishop, said to me, he said, you know, we, we will not be continuing on forever. Is that right, Ken? We can't continue on forever. He said, I want you to come alongside and help us train the next generation. We want to train the next generation because we want the church to continue. So it started 35 years ago. There were six of them and they've grown to a good size now. And, but they'd all, they've grown up together. So the main leaders are all of a similar age. And so they're now saying, how do, we, how do we get the next generation? That's through the house church planning and other things. And it's so exciting to see us. And the other week, um, we had a, a meeting where a, a friend of ours from America came over and preached. And he called all the young people to come forward, everyone under 25 years of age. And I, I was astonished. It was about 65% of the church was under 25. And, and kind of older. Weren't they weren't the little kids. They were 15 to 25. In other words, the generation is ready. And they've been equipped. They've been sent out to plant these churches. They've been sent out. It's a continuous thing. Because it's in you, the Lord says, and in your seed. All the nations of the earth were blessed. We are, we are grateful for our forefathers, are we not? We're grateful for those we stand in. We're grateful for all those who have imparted into our lives. Is that right? We don't take that for granted. We always honor, honor those. Who, we honor, you, I know you honor Ken here. You honor those who've began the work. You honor those who've been that. We honor those people. And that's tr- so important because if we don't honor, how can we receive ourselves the honor? But one thing I want you to understand is that it's in you and in your seed so we have to prepare ourselves for the next generation. And they will touch nations that we have not touched. And so your role as an old, some of you are older is, is to continue to pray into that next generation. Pray into those young people. Pray into the children even who are, who are still dancing around doing crazy things in front of fans here in, in the morning. You know, yeah, you know this is what we're praying for, isn't it? So you're going to see that in you and in your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And finally, because I see kids are coming back, is that he consecrated and anointed that place. He said, This is where God is. This is what God's done. And he didn't take it for granted. He anointed that place, he took what it is. And so, what, we, what you're going to do incredibly when you see these things, more and more things happen, is don't just say, Well, oh, that's great testify of it and and anoint it in other words give God the glory give him the place and say this is you Lord and we want to remember this we want to we want to remember who you are and what you're doing and we're going to move on to greater things amen Amen. hope that's helpful a little bit for you as a church to pray to move into because God is doing great things I want to pray for you I know different things are happening if we can just stand up we'll just pray Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah.